totally new to Unity, then you may not realize that we take a metaphysical approach to all of life and um, the Bible and the Christmas story as well. So with this in mind then, and since we already are viewing all of this in a metaphysical way, we're looking at Christmas from the standpoint of what does it symbolize or what does it represent as far as our individual consciousness? In other words, what, what can we find in the symbols that relate to our thoughts and our feelings and our attitudes? And when we take this approach, which is the approach that Unity certainly suggests, we don't get so hung up on trying to make sense of any of the traditional elements of the story. In other words, we look for the spiritual depth that's found within it, a, a depth that has principles that, as I like to say, pay the rent, that are practical and usable in our lives. And that's always available with the metaphysical view. That's always available. Not just at one point on the calendar called the Christmas season, but at any point on the calendar, any point during the day or during our lives. So, what is your personal Christmas picture look like? I'm going to guess if you're like many, it's probably made up of a lot of different things. Not just things that are contained within scripture, but your picture may be a mixture of beautiful ancient art masterpieces. Maybe a mixture of inspirational music. Maybe a, a picture of words from carols. And it may even have mixed in some of the words or word pictures of more contemporary things. Might include a Santa, might include reindeer, might include a little drummer boy. You know, it's all of these things that begin then to make up a picture of Christmas in one's thoughts. Um, it reminded me of a story I heard about a kindergartner Sunday school teacher who asked the children in her class to draw a nativity scene. And uh, she noticed in particular there was one youngster who did a pretty good job and had um, the baby in the manger and had Mary and Joseph and had um, all kinds of animals looking on and and had some angels and some shepherds and so forth. And then as she looked more closely, there was this little fat man included in the scene. And so she, she said, is that supposed to be Santa Claus? And the kid said, of course not. That is round John Virgin. <laughs> Well, think about it. 
if you are four or five years old, what does round yon virgin mean to you, you know? So, Christmas, what is it all about? Larry and I are going to be exploring some thoughts with you for the next three weeks. And, and um, maybe it'll be good to take a look and see if we have a round John Virgin in, in the picture that we might want to relook at and see if that is relevant for paying the rent in our lives, dealing with um, our spiritual growth. So first thing I want to do in this Sunday lesson, and every lesson will be complete in itself, but I want to uh, share some thoughts with you. Things maybe you know, things maybe you've forgotten, maybe things that you, you didn't know. But the first thing is that the first book written in the New Testament is not the book of Matthew. It's the first one that shows up but it was not written first. And I think it's important for us to realize this. And maybe even realize, if, if you haven't already, that the whole Bible is not in chronological order. Um, so that holds true with the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, and it holds true with the New Testament. So even though the book of Matthew shows up first, it wasn't written until probably about 50 years after Jesus' physical uh, ministry and, and his leaving in a physical sense. So since the earliest writings after the life of Jesus were not those known as Matthew, then what that tells us is that Matthew's birth story is not the first account either. So if he isn't the writer of Matthew, if his account is not the first account written, the earliest account written, then whose was? Paul's. The scripture that we read earlier this morning is the very first reference and it was written some 16 to 20 years before the story written in the book of Matthew. So we find the first reference to the birth of Jesus chronologically, as far as the records, is the scripture from today. Paul's account begins with the words, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, who, born of a woman, became subject to the law, and so forth. There's another reference of Paul's in, um, uh, this one is in Romans, and it's concerning the birth of Jesus. And it says, concerning his son who was born in the flesh of the seed of the house of David and who came to be known as the son of God with power and with the Holy Spirit, because he arose from the dead, and he is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, what could this mean for us today as far as building a spiritual foundation for a Christmas experience? Paul never physically met Jesus. You know that. Paul's experience with Jesus was a mystical experience. You remember the story, don't you? 
on the road to Damascus, on his way to round up some Jews who had strayed and were following the teachings of this radical one called Jeshua ben Joseph. We refer to him as Jesus. And he was going to bring them back to Jerusalem to be dealt with. But on that journey, he had a spiritual experience. He had an experience with the non-physical Jesus. And the long and short of it is he was not the same afterwards. And that's the way it is with a spiritual experience. That's the way it is with an epiphany. And we all have had them probably. Uh, Maybe not as many as we would like, but whenever we have an experience, when we see something from a totally different point of view, we can call that an epiphany. That's a spiritual experience. And when we have such an experience as that, then we are changed. Our life is changed because we're seeing things in a different way. So my next point is that when Paul wrote about the birth of Jesus, he didn't say it was the birth of a god. He didn't say that the birth was different from any other birth that we would know about, any other normal birth that it it was any more amazing or miraculous than every birth is because aren't births amazing when you think about it? You just really stop and think about it. It's It's absolutely amazing. But what Paul said was that Jesus was born of a woman subject to the law and came to be known as the Son of God. Paul was a Jew. He would not have believed that Jesus was very God. Jesus was a Jew. He never taught that he was very God. That concept would have been so totally outside of their thinking that it it would just be not possible. Paul, the first to write about the birth of Jesus did not put any emphasis on Jesus' birth as being different. And Jesus, in his teachings, we find no record that he said his birth was any different than anyone else's. Now, Paul also was already deceased when the gospel known as Mark, or the first chronological gospel was written and Mark does not contain any birth story at all. I'm not trying to upset you. I'm not trying to turn your world upside down. I just want you to see that there's a different angle maybe than you've seen. The birth stories are only found in Matthew and Luke and it's thought that they were written somewhere in the ninth decade of Christianity, Matthew and Luke. So, and then the Gospel of John, which was written even later than that, has sort of a birth story, but it's a mystical one. 
because there's a reference to Jesus being the word of God made flesh. And so that's really the birth story in Gospel of John. So what does all this mean? What does all this mean? If the birth of Jesus was not, as Paul indicated, something very unusual, totally outside the law, as it were, the, the, the way each and every one of us was born, then what does this mean? If Jesus' birth was not more amazing than your birth, then what does this mean? Does that demean Jesus? Does that make him less than he is or was? Or, and this is my prejudice, does it mean that we are more than we have allowed ourselves to be? Is it possible that we are just as amazing? See, unity challenges us to take a fresh look at Jesus, to not see him as a mythical God born in a supernatural way, the ways of the Greek gods, you know, the stories in Greek literature, but to see him as one who was born as every other person is born, a man, a spiritual seeker, a spiritual adventurer in the realm of spirit. And in his seeking, he made the discovery that the kingdom is within. And it's because of his finding this discovery of the kingdom within, and we find this throughout his teachings, that he achieved the power to do what he did. Amazing things, as Linda sang. Amazing things. But he didn't believe that the kingdom within was unique to him. And we find that throughout his teachings. That it's fundamental. It's a fundamental truth for each and every one. The kingdom power this kingdom potential, this power that creates worlds is the power that Jesus tapped into. And it's the power that's within you and within me and, and within all of us waiting to be tapped into. We're one with the flow of all that is. When we know that, then, well, how awesome is that? When we know that, how totally awesome is that? According to the Gospel of John, Jesus taught the works that he did, we would do also, and even greater works. So, unity believes that Jesus was not the great exception, but the great example, the great way-shower, the great trailblazer, if you will, in the realm of spirit. And unity, and belie unity believes that the message of Jesus isn't about our need to believe in him to be saved, but it's in finding our freedom 
as we find the kingdom within that he taught. As we find we too have that divinity within that he knew and that he expressed. So unity teaches that Jesus did what he did because he knew his oneness with God. We too are one with God. We too will do amazing things as we remember this. Now, regardless of the lack of accuracy about any of the aspects of the birth stories, let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Pardon the pun. Just because the stories or things we read in scripture may be contradictory. Just because we find things written in a symbolic way or in the way of myth, because it always is that we use myth to carry some of our greatest messages. This doesn't mean that there isn't inspiration for us that there in the symbols isn't something to uplift us and to carry us through whatever it is that we have on our plate today or at this point in our life. In the words of the Bible scholar and priest, Father John Dominic Croson, and I quote, it is possible to take the Christian message seriously without having to take all of its points literally. And that's what unity says too. In closing, remember, the truth of Jesus is the truth of you and the truth of me. The Christ presence that was in Jesus is in you and is in me. The Christ presence within us is available. We have access to it. We are just as sacred, just as holy, just as worthy, just as deserving as Jesus or anyone else who has ever walked on the face of this earth. And so let's keep this in mind as we go through whatever it is we're dealing with in our life this holiday season, regardless of where you are with physical things in your life, financial things in your life, relationship situations, whatever. You can find the Christ within. You can find the joy and the peace that is within you that will carry you through. You are deserving and worthy of the joy of this season and of